0: You know, sometimes when uh, you go on the internet, you just find something that amuses you. Well, um, this amused me, if you the uh, First slide. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I walk through the valley of shadow of death or fear no evil outside a KFC, and there's a chicken there. Just... But that reminded me that I hadn't told you many jokes recently. And, uh, and on the... <laughs> And and on Christmas Day, those of you here will have seen the the joke book that I got, Dad's Favourite Jokes. But I've lost that. I'm not sure whether it's been hidden. (laughs) However, I did find the old joke book that I'd got, so don't worry. By popular demand, well, I assume popular demand, The biggest ever Tim Vine joke book. So I just thought I'd tell one or two for you. Time for the bird of prey quiz. Fingers on buzzards. I quite like that one actually. I thought it was quite good. If you ever go for a walk with the Scissor Sisters, make sure they're pointing away from you. Do you know the reason why Miss Piggy never got married? <laughs> it's because she can't commit. Commit. Oh. And I won't read the last one out because I've got lots of groans. Oh, where's all the groans? Because I wouldn't read out the last one. Oh, no. And... Don't forget the notice that Colin read out. If you didn't think those jokes are very good, there's uh, the Andy Kind concert at Lim Church, and uh, you can go to see that. So, that was just a digression, really. Nothing to do with the, the lost. This week on Essential Jesus, as we continue this journey through exploring Jesus we have um, the parables of of Jesus. This week, it's all from Luke's Gospel. And you may have been reading, if you've been following it, hopefully you have. There was a good Samaritan. There was the, uh, the rich fool who built all these storehouses but then was to die. There's a great banquet and the excuses that people gave for not joining in the kingdom of God. There's a persistent widow. But the one that I've chosen to preach on is, if you could have the next slide, Luke 15. We're going to hear the whole of Luke 15. And there's three parables all about the lost The first two are very short parables. We've already had a a video production of one of them. And then the third one is, is a longer one. As we hear these stories, maybe all three might be familiar to you, maybe some of them. Please don't... Do the thing that it's easy to do, or oh, know this one, and you just switch off. Pray that God will will teach you, perhaps through the familiarity, teach you what that means for your life, the life of the church, the mission of the church. Let's begin, as Pam will uh, read us the uh, the first two parables.
1: So it's Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 10, the parable of the lost sheep. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering round to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country And go after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who do not need to repent the parable of the lost coin or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one doesn't she light a lamp sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it and when she finds it she calls her friends and neighbors together and says rejoice with me i have found my lost coin in the same way i tell you there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of god over one sinner who repents amen
0: Amen. Thank you. So the context that Jesus was saying these parables was he was gathered together with the undesirables, the tax collectors, the the sinners. And the the religious people came along, the Pharisees and teachers of the Lord, and they started to, to mutter. Why is he associating with such people? And so he explained with these parables. Now just to remind you, a parable, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And normally that meaning perhaps has one main point. But there's lots of other depth to them as well because they're stories. And the main point, I think, is the same in in both of these stories. Verse 7 tells uh, that I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. That God's heart is for the lost. And then that's reiterated at the end of the, the second story. In the same way I tell you there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The rejoicing God's heart is for the lost. So, uh, using analogy, Jesus expresses this. Shepherd's heart is for the lost sheep, leaving the 99 and going after the lost one. God's heart, therefore, is for the spiritually lost. The woman's heart is for the lost coin. God's heart is for the spiritually lost. That's the main point. That is the point that we need to grasp. That if we're Christians, our heart should be the same as as God's heart and so our heart should be for the lost. There are some differences and I don't want to labour the point but just a sheep. Well, perhaps that's like the person who goes wandering off away from God. Maybe intentionally or maybe unintentionally and finds themselves away from God and we all know people who perhaps are like that as Colin mentioned we can pray for those and maybe that includes us as well the coin is a little different if we think about it the coin got lost but Maybe the coin didn't bother. You know, it it was just in a different place. It didn't feel itself, because it's an inanimate object, lost. It was just in a different place. And perhaps that's like some people who haven't wandered away from God. They're just in a different place. And perhaps they don't even think, well, I need God. And we can all think of perhaps people like that too. And so before we here explore more about this and who is the lost, let's hear the third story. It's the story of the prodigal son. Or as some people prefer to call it, the lost son, which links in with the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. Or what some people more accurately like to call it, The gracious father, not concentrating on on the son who goes off, but on the father who welcomes him back. And I guess this story is familiar to you. But let God speak to you afresh. And how uh, this story may apply to you, those you know, our church and our church's mission. Sue, bring us God's Word.
2: It's Luke 15, verse 11. The parable of the lost son. Jesus continued There was a man who had two sons. The youngest one said to his father, Father, Give me my share of the estate, so so he divided the property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. "'Your brother's come,' he replied, "'and your father has killed the fattened calf "'because he has him back safe and sound.' "'The older brother became angry and refused to go in. "'So his father went out and pleaded with him. "'But he answered his father, "'Look, all these years I've been slaving for you "'and never disobeyed your orders, "'yet you never gave me even a young goat "'so I could celebrate with my friends.'
0: Just take a minute, just in quietness, just to let God speak. Amen. Could I have a slide up, please, Colin? The Lost Son a lost daughter, a lost person. A powerful story, isn't it? Even uh, though it's familiar, it still, still really gets to us, I think. Apparently, it was quite a familiar story at the time of Jesus. Other rabbis said it, but Jesus changed it. For them... For the other versions of the story, when the, the son came back, he was told off and, and uh, said all sorts of, of things, which is perhaps what was expected. But the father in Jesus' story, like God the father, was full of grace and welcomed him. See, God doesn't play by our rules, and sometimes that frustrates us, that God doesn't play by our rules, that he's, he's full of grace, full of truth. There was a, a conference some years back about different faiths, and, and they were trying to answer the question, what's, what's unique about Christianity? Christianity when C.S. Lewis entered the conference and said, well, that's simple. It's grace. And he mentioned the Buddhist Eightfold Path, the Hindu doctrine of karma, the Jewish covenant, the Muslim code of law. All these offer a way to earn approval. Only Christianity shows us God's love, God's grace unconditionally. But we often... Seem to live in a world of ungrace, if that's a word. That God's grace is, is hard for us to fathom. Philip Yancey, who wrote, uh, who's written many books, but he wrote, What's So Amazing About Grace? And I'd like to just read an extract from it. He said this, I have meditated enough on Jesus' story of grace to let their milti- meaning filter through, writes Yancy. Still each time I confront their astonishing message, I realise how thickly the veil of ungrace obscures my view of God. A housewife jumping up and down in glee over the discovery of a lost coin is not what naturally comes to mind when I think of God. Yet that is the image Jesus insisted upon. The story of the prodigal son, after all, appears in a string of three stories by Jesus, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, all of which seem to make the same point. Each underscores the loser's sense of loss, tells of the thrill of discovery, and ends with a scene of jubilation. Jesus says, in effect, Do you want to know what it feels like to be God? When one of those two-legged humans pays attention to me, it feels like I just reclaimed my most valuable possession, which I had given up for lost. And so, God's heart is for the lost. And our heart should be for the lost. And that should direct us as a church, as individuals, as, as groups, to be outward looking, to want to see the, the lost return. The tax collectors and sinners in the story were, were all gathered around to hear Jesus and, and, the, and, uh, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were muttering. I wonder if the Pharisees and the teachers of the law got it, what Jesus was saying. I wonder if we get it. Well, the teachers and the Pharisees of the law are represented by the older son in the prodigal son story who became angry and refused to go in. They didn't like the fact that God doesn't play with our rules. They didn't like the fact that God rejoices and and welcomes sinners. And the parable leaves the older brother fuming outside the, the party. What will he do? Well, as we read the rest of the Gospel, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law tried to put Jesus to death, which provides us, if you like, with an end to that parable. Far from rejoicing at Israel's lost sheep who have gathered around Jesus, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law conspired against Jesus. But like the prodigal, Jesus did die, but then was resurrected and and came back again into a new life in God's loving presence where are we in this parable? Are we inside the party celebrating? Is that what we thought of when the parable was read? Or if we're honest, sometimes we can stand outside with our arms folded, refusing to come in because God doesn't play our own rules. A question... Who's the real prodigal in the story? I'd like to suggest that he's not the one with the shady past. But he's the one who stays outside. The one who couldn't bring himself to forgive. The dead one, the lost one, is the one who stubbornly chooses to remain outside of the father's party. There's different sorts of lost, different sorts of prodigals. And I'd like to spend the, the next sort of 10 minutes just exploring the different losts. And maybe, maybe God will speak to you as I share these thoughts. You see, there's some people who are obviously lost you know, living lives that are obviously not God's will for their life. And we need to seek those and, uh, and seek to draw them back to God. And, and there's uh, good examples how we've done that and rejoice in that. But there's others who are not seemingly lost, but are lost to God. Let's have our next slide. If we think of a journey, you see there's some people who haven't even started on the spiritual journey. They've not wandered away from God. They've not even started on the journey. It's like their car is still in the drive. And if you ask them, they say, well, I'm okay. I've got a house, I've got a job, I've got a family, I've got interests, I've got hobbies. What do I need of God? If we're honest, that's how a number of people are. And for them, it's perhaps harder to see that in everyone there's this God-shaped space that needs to be filled. That if these other things were taken away, what would they have? And, and what about eternal life? But these people are lost. And maybe God is speaking to us too. Next slide please. And it takes time and effort to find someone who is lost, especially someone who is spiritually lost, like the shepherd who went searching and like the woman who, who searched and searched. But this is what God is calling us to do. Yes please. In our mission, in our vision it, It starts off with tilling and planting, tilling, preparing the ground using this agricultural analogy. And then planting the seeds. Planting the seeds of the gospel. That is a major function of our our church, to reach out to the lost. And this needs to continue and this needs to grow. Sometimes churches can, uh, if they're not careful, be insular. But we need to keep on planting the seed, tilling the soil to reach out for the lost. But also I want us to see ourselves and how might we be lost in some way. Let's so the next slide. See this is the further mission, the, the vision of our church, tilling, planting and then harvesting nurturing and flourishing. Are we flourishing? Are you flourishing? If yes, well, that's wonderful and we think about the journey. If no, well, maybe in some ways you're lost and need to just come back to God but know the rejoicing that there is. Yes, please. So, if we're flourishing, if we're going the right way up a one-way street, if we're, if we're on this journey and we're, we're going well, then rejoice in that. And perhaps you might like to share that. Thank you. It's like being on a motorway. You know, you're really getting there. And that's, that's wonderful, just rejoice in that. But is our spiritual life... More like a a dead end. A bit stark, the contrast there, isn't it? But it can be stark. You know, one day we're going along and then bang, something happens. Is this more like our spiritual life? Maybe that's a bit harsh to call it a dead end. Yes, please. A cul-de-sac is such a nicer word, isn't it? Um... Uh, apparently a, a, a cul-de-sac means uh, the bottom of the bag. Um, uh, if you know any French, you can perhaps... Well, French don't use this, they use the word impasse. It was, um, it's a very old phrase um, from before. But however we dress it up, and sometimes we can pretend, oh yeah, we're going on okay, we need to know... And be honest before our God. Thank you. Maybe it's more of a wandering road that we're on. Maybe it's not a dead end, but we're we're wandering a bit. And um, uh, yeah, we're getting somewhere, but not too fast. And and I could have put other slides up about um, maybe we're at a lay-by or maybe we're we're on a diversion. But you get the picture. I don't need to labour the point. Perhaps this next slide, you know, that uh, sometimes this can, if we're honest, can be our uh, spiritual lives. Sometimes there's reasons for that, just like there's reasons when we get halted when we're on a, an actual journey, yes please, you know, the um, car's broken down and, um, but you know, that can be fixed and, uh, and then we get on with the journey. And sometimes there's things in our lives that happen and, um, uh, but, and affect our spiritual lives. But then um, uh, they can be restored. We look to others, look to God for help. Thank you. Sometimes it's a bit more major. And that we're really in a, in a mess. must just give you an aside. Um, uh, last weekend I was at a, a, a youth conference. I know I'm a bit old for a youth conference, but I was in a leadership capacity. And, um, and this uh, young woman that said, I was teaching the, in the school about the ancient Maya. And, uh, and I said, I don't know what the ancient Maya was. And I imagine this, this sort of um, wet sort of um, uh, Maya, this swamp. And she said, no, the ancient Maya, the Mayan civilization in South America. And uh, so I felt really ignorant because I didn't know that. Anyway, sometimes our spiritual lives is a bit of a Maya. Next slide, please. A phone call from a Christian, please. I'm spiritually lost at the moment. And I don't even know what to do anymore. I hope you're going to fill out the contact list. Sometimes you just need a call from someone. I may have told you the story before about a friend of mine called David. Who wasn't a Christian. He was having a terrible Incident. He, he, he and his wife were were ready for a divorce, and it was awful. And he wanted to cry out to God, but he didn't know how to. He didn't know God. He just knew one Christian, and that was his wife's brother, not the person you want to contact at the time when you're in this distress with your wife. And he went up to the phone. And then he stopped and went back again. Went up to the phone, stopped and came back. Went up to the phone a third time. And then the phone rang, and he picked it up. And it was his brother-in-law. God knew his situation, and God told the brother-in-law, the Christian, to phone him. And then the man David, my friend, just shared his heart and and. Uh, the brother in law managed to pray with him and and his life was changed and in our leads worship, he leads the church because of that phone call. Sometimes we just need to help one another. Because next slide. Never let a stumble in the road be the end of the journey. If our spiritual lives are struggling, like I started the, the talk saying, if our lives are going well, then that's wonderful. But if we're struggling. It's not the end of the journey. It's just something we need to come back to God about. Thank you. And know his amazing grace. I I briefly mentioned John Newton and how God took him. If God can take John Newton, he can take all of us. And maybe, just as I come to the end of the sermon, maybe there's a testimony that somebody wants to share just how God has taken them perhaps in a time when their spiritual lives were struggling and God has helped them and brought them back to himself like in the story of the prodigal son. Next slide. I wonder if we can see this whether we can read this out together. We won't don't need to bother about the the author of this can we read this together when i feel truly alone with a sense of being lost even empty inside it is then i realize i have unknowingly moved away from god so i move back that's all i'm saying that we have the opportunity to move back, and He will accept us and love us. And the prodigal, the father in the prodigal son story, didn't ask for explanations; just welcomed his son back. And I just encourage you. We're going to um, uh, end with a with a time of uh, of worship, but also. I I think it'd be good to uh, to offer prayer and so I'm going to invite Sally out and um and uh, and I'll be here and maybe if we have more people some of the elders might come out or others and uh, and just be able to offer prayer for people who just want to recommit want to say yes I want to come back to you and you see sometimes it can be because of some sin, something that's, that's wrong and caused that blockage. And we can confess that and know His forgiveness. Sometimes that's not the cause and it, it's not a question of, uh, of being judged. Sometimes we've just wandered off. Sometimes we're just in the wrong place. Sometimes we've just had the wrong attitudes. and So... Uh, I'll invite people while the, the music's going to to come out if you want and just to be prayed for. Perhaps we've got anointing oil to be anointed. If you don't want to come out, grab us after the service and, and we can pray with you. Or or just pray with one another. But just before I end, let's show you something of, of what it's like on our journey when we... We have been reconciled to God and, and just having this fun as we go on the journey. Next slide. Now, doesn't that look a, a happy scene of just just going along? And, but I don't know about you, but that looks a little too ordered for, for my sort of life. So let's have a look at the next slide. <laughs> That's more like it. And how we... And, uh, and, uh, and how maybe our lives are a bit chaotic, but we, we're going on with God. And the, the next slide. And I'm learning this as we're starting to pack, preparing for our move. But life is like a road trip. Enjoy each day and don't carry too much baggage. And I'm finding that out physically, but spiritually. Perhaps there's baggage you need to just uh, get rid of. And then the last slide. I don't know this author, but it's just a picture. With God on the open road. How about that? Just on your motorbike. I've never ridden a motorbike, actually, but I can just imagine with, uh, with God with you, just out on the open road. And, and that is the journey perhaps that that we want. And so come if you want prayer. Maybe like Colin was saying about others who need to find God, maybe afresh, maybe for the first time, maybe you want to pray for them. Just let us be led by God through the music, through the prayers, through what God's been saying to us. Let's just pause in prayer before we sing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message and we thank you that lostness comes in many ways. We pray for the lost. We pray for the lost outside of this church, we pray for any who perhaps are not lost as such, but a little unsure of where they are with you. We pray, Lord, that they will just come back to you and say, Lord, take me and lead me on to the open road with you. Lord God, may this be a time of response to you in prayer and in song. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.